right. Uh, my name is Aaron Rhodes, and you're listening to the Shuttlecock Podcast. Uh, we're sponsored by the Vinyl Underground at 7th Heaven, offering new and used vinyl at 76 and Truce in Kansas City, Missouri. This week on the show, we have Clark. How you doing? Hey, I'm doing good. I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. So, I think, you know, if anyone's been around, you know, for KC hip-hop through, like, the 2010s, like, they've probably at least heard your name, you know, once or twice. Yeah. You've, you've, you've had, you know, half around half a dozen, like, tapes and stuff at this point? Yeah, right? I didn't got busy. I never really said and counted them up, but yeah, about mm-hmm. half a dozen, yeah. But um, you hadn't released any, like, full-length projects or anything since 2016, but starting back in August, you drop, you've dropped three uh, releases yeah. since then. You had one in August called Volume 2. Yeah. Then you had Rappers Ain't Friends Rappers in October, Ain't. and now um, uh, Nice to Hear From You nice in from December. You. Yeah. So I was just kind of curious what made you want to roll out, like, three projects, you know, in one one quarter like that. Yeah, yeah, and that's a lot of people want to know because uh, I kind of hadn't been on the scene for a while. So really the thing was I was recording so much music the whole time that I wasn't around, so I didn't want people to think that, oh, this dude, is he think he tight, but we ain't seen him in a while, so, you know, it don't really matter. But I'm like, no, i still been getting busy this whole time. I just really wasn't all the way where I needed to be, and I wasn't, you know what I'm saying, doing what I need to be doing to, to push myself forward. So now that I'm in a better mindset, my space, you know what I'm saying, and I can do what I need to do. It's time to get busy, so let's start unrolling all this music in. That's how you end up with three projects in like the second half of the year, real quick. So. What was the the right kind of like mindset you had to be in to like want to be releasing music and all that? I had to get in a clear mindset. Like mm-hmm. I was here every day. I was gambling. I was hanging out in the streets. I was just doing a lot of nothing, wasting a lot of time. And then when it's time to do music, oh, I'm not ready. I don't have this. Oh, I don't have the money for this. Was you waste so much time just doing nothing, stuff that don't matter when you could be focusing. So I just had to be away from everything to just realize that, like, okay, you can do what you want to do. You just have to do it. Don't make excuses. Don't, oh, I'm going to go hang out today and I'll do it when I get back. No, that don't work. So I just been cutting out a lot of the distractions and getting busy. Mm. Oh, yeah. And so you, you kind of had been, like, sending me tracks and stuff since, yeah. like, at least like early 2018, maybe yeah. even like late last year. So you kind of have been sitting on a lot of stuff for a while. Like, have there been times you've been really tempted to just like drop stuff really quick and like start moving on? Yeah, I, I put some stuff out on SoundCloud. You know, it don't really catch uh, like I want it to. So it, it kind of make me think like, oh man, I don't need to put no music out. But I got so much music. The the Clark Volume Two. It was actually like 17 tracks at first. But I, I cut it down. Like, you know, I just got too much music, and it's, it's it started losing a sense of direction. So that's what made me think, like, let me do these small, concentrate, focused projects and do it. So I had the Clark, uh, too. Then I had the Rappers Ain't Friends, which was a kind of a theme. And then I had the Nice to Hear From You, which was a whole different vibe itself, more samples and more ride-around music and stuff like that. So, But all that come from just I can have a clear mindset. I don't have to think about all the BS or, you know what I'm saying, really just acting a fool. I can really focus Oh, yeah, and I, I wish I did have, like, a chance in, like, the last week to really dive into more of your previous stuff, but, like, I think the first song you had sent me was the Volume 2 intro. Okay, And, yeah. like, right off the bat, that really just, like, kind of pulled me in at that point because, like, I don't know, I, I hadn't heard 
a Kansas City rapper that has this kind of like mix of like flows and yeah. like style choices and everything like you know musically yeah. and all that so um I was kind of curious like what kind of um like hip hop you grew up on and like how like different sounds have kind of influenced you over the years yeah I, I grew up on the old stuff the old gangster stuff for real like my daddy listened to Tupac and Hot Boys and and a lot of uh, Little Flip and stuff like that so a lot of freestylers a lot of uh, cats using R&B songs a lot of samples um, a lot of just uh, grime, uh, grimy like feelings and stuff like that so I feel like my music is kind of like a mix of all that I wouldn't say it sounds like none of that stuff but I try to go through all those same emotions in the music because I mean, everybody, everybody go through so many emotions, and that's why the music now—if you listen to it now—from versus like any of my earlier work, it's less bragging and less flashing and uh, forms and all that stuff. Because now it's where you really realize like what life is about and what you want to do with your life, and all that stuff don't matter. And you know, people want to hear something they can relate to. So I'm going through some BS too. I, I made a song. People tell me they feel like the out of all the records that I make. People tell me they feel some of the more real songs that I have, and that's just, I mean, that's just, I don't know, just a testament to just being in a clear mind and being able to express those kind of feelings and emotions and stuff. Oh, and I know on one of the new songs, you you shout out, like, Rich the Factor and oh, Mac yeah. Dre. Like, so so was that kind of some of the, like, the KC grit, but also, like, the Bay stuff that kind of influences some of it like for sure for sure on. it was like a mix you know uh music coming waves so like that i had a hot run where i was listening to mac dre and messy marvin cut though committee and all them cats and that's what we was riding to and at the same time we was listening to rich we always been listening to rich just because rich since we were kids rich always been the man doing his thing so uh we always listen to rich and it the, the Good thing about it was they did a lot of collaborations, Mac Dre and them, from Vallejo to Tenth and Faseo. Like, yeah. I, like that was the tightest thing I ever seen. So I'm like, okay, yeah, they really doing it. But they they both had movements. Like Rich got his whole movement. I'm a grit about it and do all this. And Mac Dre got the whole thiz movement and all that. So it's like these are just two normal ghetto dudes. Rich right down the street. Like he got a whole movement. Like so, yeah, I definitely was influenced by them to mm-hmm. a degree. No, yeah, and I'm not you know intensely learned about like a lot of different kind of regional scenes but like Mm -hmm. to have like such a strong connection between like two completely different areas of the country is like like no matter like what two cities are like connecting like that like it's going to be interesting whatever like comes out of it when there is like so much like back and forth between two places so yeah i agree especially with places being so different like the artists are too different mac dre is a kind of a hyphy gangster funny guy rich is like a serious boss millionaire gangster like so for them to mix and make good music you i mean it's just it's just crazy but that's just kind of all with the art of it so Mm. you know yeah so i kind of wanted to hit some of this stuff like around the beginning because it is like kind of topical like you you had the song "What's It Gonna Cost Me" on. Yeah. Um, nice to hear from you, which was the most recent one that came out like yep. a week or so ago. Oh no, maybe even less, but. Yeah, on the tenth. Uh, yeah. So yeah. yeah it's, it's like the fifteenth or something. So it ain't even been a week mm. yet. You're still fresh. But no, yeah, that's like one of the more like kind of topical songs. I'm guessing it was like one of the last ones you recorded for it. Uh, it kind of it it kind of was. I got a, a few beats from from the same cat, and I was in a pack. So yeah, it did kind of get in the mix. Like, mm. Yeah. No, yeah, because you have a bunch of different like kind of topics you hit on there. You have 
you say fuck the NFL, but like shout out to Mahomes. Like, okay. uh, so yeah. did you not end up watching like a lot of Chiefs games, like because of the league and everything? Nah, man. You know uh, all the the boycotting and stuff. You know I really don't get down with it. They really shady. They need to pay them in. They need to respect. You know what's going on. But at the same time, it is a business. Go out there and handle your business, and you get paid. But I mean, it, it's just so shady. So. To know that, you know, behind closed doors they having these meetings and the type of stuff that gets said, and then we still got cats out here playing, and then we still got cats coming out saying stuff about the people who are doing stuff. It's just it's just too much. I ain't really feeling all that, but my home's just getting down, so, you know, that's how that came about. Um, but as far as, like, new, I, what you were saying, basically this whole project is new. Like, Rappers Ain't Friends, that came out. That was the newest stuff I had to that point, but since then, within the last month and a half or so I went back and got busy and this is all, all this is all fresh new material so that's how you get those references that's recent yeah. and stuff like that so yeah had you been like a big Chiefs fan at any point uh I'm Chiefs Nation you know yeah. what I'm saying I, I get out to the game try to keep the tailgates real off the chain but uh I've never been like a super super Chiefs fan just they really been losing all my life until recently so yeah you know but I'm, I'm riding with Chiefs Mahomes and all them you know so mm. no yeah and also on on that song you're also talking about uh, the Kanye situation, oh, man. and you know, you're, you say I'm gonna gonna play college dropout one more time, and no, yeah. So has that been just kind of a tough thing to watch for you? Were you a big Kanye fan at any point? Yeah, I was a big Kanye fan because <clears throat> I feel like, <clears throat> excuse me, I feel like I, I recognize geniuses when I seen Kanye come out. This dude's a genius on his beats, on the type of songs that he's making, the messages that he's coming across. And this dude's a genius. And I feel like he represents us. Like, this dude from Southside Chicago, he came out wearing gold chains and polos, the same stuff I was wearing. So to see Kanye kind of go so left field, it is hard to watch as far as, like, a legend. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like, dang, what's all our legend? When we give our time, we're not going to have no legends. And so it is tough to see Kanye doing that. But at the same time, I got to run my bag up. I can't really worry about Kanye, but it is is tough to see that. Mm. It is tough. And... Another thing, well, you mentioned it in a couple songs, I realized, but you, you talk about being from Kansas City proper, and mm-hmm. you, you mentioned not just explicitly not independence. Do, do people, like, <laughs> get it mixed up sometimes? No, I think people do just get it mixed up. Those little small towns and stuff like that, you know, it's not really a diss to none of them or nothing like that, but a lot of cats that come out and be from, like, you know, not to point out anybody, but be from, like, Harrisonville and be like, oh, I'm from Kansas City and this and this and that, so... Nah, like, I'm really from the city, like, really born at Truman, you know, the county hospital, like, really from the city. So, it's never really been any debate, though, but, you know, I, I kind of moved around and stuff like that. So, but it's never really been a debate. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm from the city. They know I represent the city. It is what it is. So. Oh, yeah, and that leads me into, because I know you went to Lincoln Prep, yeah, right? Yeah, and I'm one of the Tigers. Mm-hmm. And, and you eventually went to UMKC also, yeah, and you yeah. got a degree there, right? Yeah. What, what, what were or your main studies and everything? Uh, my degree was in history. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was trying to get my black studies minor, but, you know, it didn't really pan out how I wanted to. But, uh, yeah, my degree was in history. I switched I switched a lot. I started business. At uh, one point in time, my degree was in uh, mathematics. You know, I just was trying to figure out <clears throat> what I really wanted to do. Um, and then I kind of just, when I got to history and I started learning so much history that I had never known, my whole life, it kind of just caught me, so I really, I wasn't really thinking about nothing else. Like, I need to get all this knowledge I can now. So that's how that's how that happened. What were some of like the most interesting like periods of history that you were studying? Well, sure. like, what really uh, kind of caught you off guard? The Constitution actually caught me off guard. It's mm. so shady. 
Um, and then you start seeing a lot of stuff like the 13th documentary come out, which digs deeper into the Constitution. And it's like, okay, this is the, the document was set up to be shady from the jump. But just knowing that history and then seeing them put a spotlight on it, stuff like that, it just captivates me to see stuff done so blatantly in front of everybody and then it's just like the norm like that's the constitution yeah you go to jail and you're back a slave again like that's cool like you know it's the norm it is what it is but it was put that way to you know do what it's doing <clears throat> excuse me no yeah it kind of makes you wish that like like why why are we still so beholden to like something that's like you know over 200 years old yeah. like there's n- like you know the people writing this had no idea what was gonna be happening in 2018 and you're kind of just like yeah, let's me work on this a little bit. Yeah, it definitely needs work, but um, you know that how the government works. So, yep. it, yeah, so that's <laughs> I don't want them knocking on my door. So <laughs> it, the Constitution, it's cool. We like it. We like We're big fans. Um, well, right <laughs> don't to wear wear arms, <laughs> so you know. But um, no, yeah. So you had the the rappers ain't friends tape yeah. and kind of a, a running theme on it, and even on like other. Uh, songs you have is like that you are kind of like not really part of like a larger crew and that you, you don't really like to associate too closely with a lot of other yeah. rappers like I was kind of wondering what kind of led to that uh out- outlook that you have uh I think it's kind of just from being in the game for so long like uh just from stepping out there and actually introducing myself to the city as an artist at such a early age I've been able to be around and see so much stuff and meet so many people and see how, how how stuff really turns out versus what a person told me and stuff like that. Just seeing that so happen so often in the music industry, it's like, okay, I thought it was just me and people. Maybe the theme is people in the industry, you know? So uh, just just a lot of vibes, a lot of, a lot of the way stuff happens, it seems it shouldn't happen that way. Uh, like I say... Um, common courtesy people don't seem to have common courtesy it's just things that like in a normal life that you expect out of people you kind of expect that still out of people when you're in the game and stuff like that so to not get a lot of the response back that I want from people who say they wish me the best it kind of makes me more standoffish which isn't like a knock to nobody in particular but it's more so like if that's how y'all want to do me then okay we can still get busy Mm. so do you, do you feel like that has had any like negative consequences? Do you do you feel like you're not like as like you you, you aren't shown as like as much support in the city because you don't like have like a lot of rapper friends? Yeah, I definitely say so. I, and like I said, I don't want to point nobody out, mm-hmm. um, but I definitely have seen instances where you know I'm the biggest person in the world to 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 someone, and then when I decide like okay, you know this. Uh, I don't. I ain't like that idea you gave me. Or I wasn't feeling that. Then I start to see the 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 feeling changes. The the people fall back. They don't they don't start answering the phone. Or when it's time for me to call, uh, they don't answer and stuff like that. And it's like okay, well, before I turned you down, or before I said I didn't like this, or before I maybe you know what I'm saying, stuff changes and I just it's it's noticeable. And I don't like the fact that it's so noticeable and then people seem to ignore it. Like, everybody ignores it. Everybody, since I was coming up in the game, and even from watching, people, it's no unity in the city. It's no unity in the city. People know what the problem is. It's every man for himself. I'm the big dog. You, If you're better than me, I'm not showing you no love. And, yeah, I, so I feel like I get a lot of that. But 
I don't, I, it, rappers ain't friends was like a a moment. Like I dealt with that. Now I'm on a bigger and better things. That nice to hear from me. That's why I came back right back like that. Like yeah, some bangers on there, but that thing that is what it is. It's gonna be what it's gonna be. So we just going forward. Mm. Oh yeah, and it kind of seems like another like kind of element of that is like the the like the the yes man that you know everyone kind of seems well, like a, a group of yes men that a lot of people seem to have is just like oh this this guy thinks like he's better than me like yeah he's I'm not gonna work with him or whatever or like you know share his music or anything yeah and I feel like that too but I don't I don't look at it like that I look at it as because I'm an artist like you know it's art in school as the sketchbooks and all that art mm. classes uh, you know painting all that whatever it is so I I look at it for the art. Like, we're not making good art. Y'all not doing good art. I don't like the art that y'all making. And if I critique the art, it that's it should be in the love of art. It shouldn't be like, damn, this dude, is he don't like my stuff. And he don't like my stuff. So I've had instances where I feel like that's happened or oh, yeah, that wasn't as tight as it could have been. And, this and, that. and people take stuff the wrong way when I'm not trying to diss nobody. I'm just trying to say, like, from an art perspective, that ain't my wave. Like, I wouldn't do certain stuff that I see people doing. Mm-hmm. It's just not my way. I'm an artist. I want to create. I want to be the leader. I want to be the one people try to copy off of. I don't want to just jump out there and try to get in where I fit in. And people don't want you to tell them, hey, you know you're doing the same thing everybody else doing. They don't want to hear that. So, you know, it's it's a lot of stuff. But Oh, yeah. When, when people kind of do start to look at it like more as like a social scene and like something you have to kind of climb up instead of like really focusing on the art that that definitely is where like a lot of stuff like a lot of people start to like stress out and like get mad at each other so it's yeah. it, it, I think it's helpful definitely to have that the the like focused artist perspective yeah. of like I don't know probably saves a lot of hurt feelings yeah it does it does um you know so you know, I like the theme projects I don't like to just be doing a lot of random tracks and throwing them together I mm-hmm. like to know what I'm talking about and kind of pull it all together at least pull a vibe together or give you certain vibes that still mesh. So, you know, it ain't just about making... Because mm. I could follow the wave and jump on with it every time. Every, the game over time, it switched so much. I could have fell in line every time, but I'd rather just stay true to myself and stay true to just being an artist and just keep... I had to work a little harder and to carve out my niche, but that's okay. Mm. So, what, what kind of themes do you think you're kind of looking at a lot on, like, Nice to Hear From You and... Maybe anything you've recorded since then? Nice to hear from you. I think, it, like I said, it's more of a, a ride music. I actually, uh, I know a lot of my homeboys, you know, they 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 more grimy. They still in the hood, you know. So I wanted to make something they could listen to because I know as tight as they say I am and all that, I feel like they don't ride to me as much as they should. So that was my whole mindset. And then it kind of just led to a whole wave. Like, okay, I'm, I'm feeling these samples. I'm really getting into these beats. I'm, I'm getting groovy off of these tracks. So it just took kind of a, a mind of itself. And then I always like to be versatile with the project. So I like to get different themes. That's how you get a record like Fruit Loops and a record like Bo Diddley on the same project. So just trying to be versatile and express different feelings and emotions. And then you get what it's going to cost me where I'm talking about the Bill Cosby and stuff like that. It's just still trying to touch on all these different emotions and feelings and different types of songs, still trying to stay true to myself and not try to just jump in line with what's going on. So, hmm. No, yeah, and you, you mentioned, like, having, like, a lot of the samples and stuff for those types of songs. Like, you have the I've Got Five on it yeah. sample, and yeah. 
There's there's like a I think like kind of an R and B sample somewhere in there or like yeah. I, I don't remember what song it is. It's a few different but, ones. Like yeah. I said, it's real it's real jazzy. It's real groovy. Mm-hmm. Uh, almost every song is a sample except Fruit Loops, but you know it got some real groovy keystrokes in there. So you know they might be samples or something. But yeah, it just uh, those melodies. I like the melodies. They 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 move you. Like I said, did the beat a sample like my soul? Just want to let it sing on a Bo Diddley record. Cause the, the, the samples make you move, so you're like you cannot be moving and put those on, and you're gonna start grooving. So. Mm. Oh yeah, and I've I've seen you kind of post recently also about like you, you did put like like we were talking about you put a lot of time and effort into like these three projects, and yeah. like you specifically you were holding like the first two off for a while. Yeah. So, and you you kind of mentioned that you were like buying like a lot of like you know, kind of higher-end, like, you know, notable producers' beats and stuff. I, I recognized, like, at least one or two uh, producer tags, but I couldn't figure out who it was. It was guys I'd heard on, like, Atlanta Yeah, so before. Uh, lately, I really, uh, maybe drum dummies, you know, they got a lot of stuff out. Uh, Money Man, a lot of Southern cats, they they use drum dummies, but mm-hmm. I mainly try to get in there, I, and I try not to go to who everybody goes to for their beats and stuff like that, so um, I, I got some cats... Um, and where they from? I think it's Ohio, Fort Wayne, Fort Wayne, Indiana. Mm-hmm. Give me some groovy beats. So you know, I've been kind of, I've been really feel feeling real Midwestish. You know, so I've been Fort Wayne, Indiana. Uh, got some cats out of Louisiana, which not really Midwest, that South, but I, I like to get the beats with the soul in them. So I need, I need to feel something when I hear the beats, Paul. So yeah. Oh yeah, and I think, I think. Missouri has like a stronger tie to like the South than a lot of people mm-hmm. kind of give it credit for. Like, and it's not like super like obvious if you mm-hmm. listen to like a lot of more popular Kansas City rappers. But like, you know, you go to you go you come to Kansas City and like you're like there are very you know clear signs that like you know it was like to some extent like in the reach of the South, yeah, like, at some yeah, point. definitely. And I feel like that, like, I feel like I got a lot of Southern influence, like, like the nice to hear from you starts out with the Make You Real, which, you know, got the screw on there at the end, and it's referencing, you know, let it, trying to swing, let, let it bang, got to pop the trunk, like, all that, those are references straight from the South, straight from Texas and stuff like that, because, like I said, I came up on that stuff, Lil Flip and all those freestyles and all that stuff, so... I like to still sprinkle stuff like that in my music to just pay homage to those cats, but to also show that, you know, I'm 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 seasoned. I listen to a lot of stuff. I got a lot of stuff. Like so, you know, when I get to doing more versatile stuff, it, it shouldn't be such a shock, being that I'm looking at it as an artist perspective and that I want to try more stuff and, and do more art stuff. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, yeah. And I think you you dropped your first tape in 2010. Is that right? You telling me? Okay. I, don't, I don't even remember. Was was that book bag swag? Was that I had the a first little one? local tape, uh, uh, Chuck Buck presents, uh, but that was that was more so just my homeboys. But yeah, book bag swag was my first real one where people were like, oh, this dude got a CD for real. Like so, yeah, mm. book bag swag. Were, were you rapping a lot before then, or is that really like around the time you started? Now, I've been rapping for a long time. Like, even the studio uh, that I did, Bookback Swag, and I had already maybe 20 tracks, at least 20 tracks done over the couple years before that, but I just wasn't really ready. And I had a lot of songs, so I was like, I, I don't know how to... I was still figuring out how to put projects together, like how to make them cohesive. I was having 17 songs, 21 songs, 19 songs, stuff like that. So 
figuring out how to kind of get straight to the point, give the fans what they need, give them what they want, still put my message, my touch on there. So that's how that's how that happens. But yeah, I, I, I always been recording, always been recording. Yeah. What What do you think's like changed the most about like how you rap since like those days? I would definitely say the content. Like I said back then, it was it was it was the flash, it was the glitz and glam, it was the what I want to have one day, all that type of stuff. But it was, it got to a point where it was like, all right, bro, like anybody can get on here and rap about nothing really. So just kind of being more personal with the music and just let me talk about my life and talk about my family and talk about my experiences and going to school and being in the streets, the little bit of streets I was in and how do you balance both, just all that kind of stuff that just comes with that. And I feel like being able to incorporate that stuff into my songs now, it adds more of a, more of a, I guess, like a person to the music versus like just some dude rapping like, oh, no, this is actually Clark. We kind of know this dude now. We feel him on this stuff. Like the dude told me that get it through her mind song. He going through it with his girl. He feel what I'm going through on there, like stuff like that. And that just come from just a personal experience. Let me write it down. And it comes out. So just switching to switching the content to more what's going on, what's relevant versus the glitz and glam stuff that may I may or may not have or may not ever get one day. So you think you've had like a pretty like steady flow since back then? Do you think like your technical abilities and stuff have really changed much? No, yeah, it's probably the roommate. Yeah, I, uh, I always had a bouncy flow. Mm-hmm. You know, like I always kind of had to swag. I always was into the gear and stuff like that. So I always feel like I've been in a, a class of my own. For that, you know, on that note alone, just because I always had the, the bouncy flow, the I, I flow on the beats and stuff like that. So I feel like I've always kept my same flow, and that's what I wanted to do. I didn't want to jump in there when Auto Tune came. I didn't want to just become an Auto Tune rapper. When Cats was doing uh, R&B love songs, I didn't want to just be an R&B love song rapper. But I do a song that incorporates some of this. I do a song that incorporates some of that. But I'm gonna stick to my flow and just go for what I know. Mm. No, yeah, and. I don't know, I was, yeah, I was kind of thinking about how you were saying, like, your content has really changed, like, since your early days, but, like, I think that is, like, so you were probably, like, in your, like, late teens, early 20s when you were releasing your first stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. And you were, you know, you, you say you are talking about, like, all the things you, you wanted and, like, had, like, you know, these these big, like, hopes and, like, you know, you're you're rapping about what you wanted, and... Mm-hmm. I think that's kind of a universal thing to some extent because, like, I don't know, when you're still a teenager, you really are thinking about, like, oh, I'm about to be an adult. Like, this Mm -hmm. is all the crazy stuff that I think is going to happen, that I hope is going to happen. And then you kind of, like, in your early 20s, you arrive, and you're just like, oh, this is really what it's like. And then you kind of, like, as you grow up like that, it probably is to a point where you kind of have to balance like what you are doing, what you want to do, and all that. So um, it sounds like your music is probably a really good, like, kind of way of, you know, watching you grow up through that stuff. Yeah, I definitely think you can you can look at it like that, even as far as, like, some of the stuff I talk about. I wouldn't have talked about three years ago, five years ago. I wouldn't have had no idea to even talk about certain stuff. So you, you are right. As a kid, you think, like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to be the freshest. I'm going to do this and that. And then you kind of get out there and see, damn, life is rough. Like, oh, damn, I just got crushed. Damn, I just got done real dirty. Damn, I just got evicted. Whatever it might be, you know, you just start going through stuff. And then it's like, 
how can I still get on my songs and, and talk this? Now I just sound gandy and fake, like, after so long. And Not to say I felt that. I definitely felt like uh, stretching the truth some. It, after a while, it starts to get outlandish. But So it's like, let's just reel it back in. Let's just bring it back home. Like, like I got people that listen to me, and they might say, we don't know nothing about none of that stuff you're talking about. But then I might put on something where I'm talking about something that people can relate to and they can feel where you don't have to know me, but these emotions are universal. Just as humans, we all go through that stuff. So, mm. Like you said, yeah, it's a, it is a good way to, to see kind of the, the growth. So that's dope. Oh, yeah. And so you have a, the song on Rappers Ain't Friends, which is uh, We Don't Care, which is the song you have with the popper. Yeah. And I thought that was a fun track just because, like, the a lot of the st- stuff you have on that album is very kind of modern stuff. But, like, you do kind of throw back to, like, the KC grit yeah. roots and all that. Like, even if it's not, like, your main thing right now, like, mm-hmm. you kind of, like, dig out a place for that. And yeah. what what was... Like, how did you first get in touch with him and work on that track? Uh, the popper's actually my folks. Like, I, I, mm-hmm. I popper's been around for so long. Like, my brother is 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 DJ Fresh's son, which is the popper's brother. So, you know, that's always been around. But uh, we never done music together. You know, I've been over his house a million times, and you know, we didn't went out and kicked it. That's my dog. But we never had done music. So, uh, when I got the chance to put him on something, I. I uh, was going through one of my producers who was a, actually a southern cat sent me the beat and it was it had the the grooviness to it it made me want to do do a walk to it and put a rag on like I'm like okay this is old school this is throwback this is Kansas City and who's a good representative of that is the popper so I I just reached out and we made it happen and it's a banger do you know if he'd listened to like any of your stuff previous? Like, were you, were you always like showing him your music or anything? Yeah, I always would. That, like I said, that's my that's my guy. I always would send him tracks and stuff, and he always give me feedback. Oh, this one is dope. I really like this one and stuff like that. You know, so yeah, shout out to Popper. Nice. And I don't know. I I think another another thing I noticed, like listening to listening to all three of these new projects, it maybe would be kind of fun to dive back into the other ones, yeah. thinking about this, but. You, you do mention, like, a lot of, like, food spots that you like. Oh, you, like, there's a lot of, like, Five Guys references. Oh, yeah. You mentioned Fogo to Chow and all that. So, like, do you consider yourself a foodie? Is oh, that- for <laughs> sure, a foodie. You know, I've, I watched enough diners and dives, you know what I'm saying, to, to, to consider myself a foodie. But I've always been the, uh, the, the guy, they always, oh, you know, Clark, tell us what's the hot spot, you know, because I always... I try stuff out. <clears throat> Excuse me, like you know, I, I go catch this happy hour I never been to in a spot I never been, and now okay, I got a new spot. So I'm showing people new spots and stuff like that. So you know, like my family had never heard of Gojo's. I'm like, what? This is not my spot. So we we go to Gojo's. I'm rapping about Gojo's. I've been in Gojo's and seen a cat who told me I just heard your song. You said you was in Gojo's. I've seen a cat in Gojo. You know what I'm saying? So. Yeah, I'm definitely a foodie. Uh, so, so you're 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 a tastemaker to a, a certain extent. <laughs> oh, definitely. Yeah, I, I I I make it happen. Yeah, yeah. What 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 would be a an underrated Kansas City spot that people mm. need to know about? Can you drop something? It depends what you're looking for. Um, shoot, El Mago and Raytown, Raytown Road. That's a gym. It's a hole in the wall. The bathroom stink. <laughs> The uh, front door man be tripping, but they food is on point. They, their margaritas, yeah, that's that's a that's a good joint and it's cheap. You go in there fifteen dollars. You and your lady, she think you uh, hit the lottery. What do you order there? I get the fajita nachos, uh, steak, shrimp. 
all that mixed, real big boy queso, all that, uh, you know, peach margaritas by the pitcher, you know. Yeah, that's a good spot. You I ever see. been there? I've not. You got to put it on your list. <laughs> it's in Raytown, though, you know what I'm saying? It ain't mm. in the city. I don't know if you don't be. No, I don't, I don't uh, spend a lot of time in Raytown, but maybe it, maybe it's worth the drive. It's worth the drive for sure. Mm. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I guess, is there just anything else that people should be looking out for? Like, are you dropping any videos or any other music or doing shows and stuff coming up? Yeah, I got a lot of videos in the work. Uh, like I say, I'm, I'm coming at it from an artist perspective, so not just a, uh, a quantity guy. Let me go shoot a bunch of videos. Let me just stand in the front yard and shoot them. You know, those are cool for, for when those are cool, but so we really trying to do stuff and bring in props and sets and stuff like that and get locations and stuff. So we really trying to do the videos the right way. Uh, a lot of them have messages and themes in them that I want to convey through the through the videos as well. So we don't want to just dump nothing out there, but definitely videos and, you know, putting everybody's faces in everybody's headphones. That's what we're trying to do. Do you have any shows or anything coming up? I don't have no shows lined up or nothing like that. You know what I'm saying? I got a lot of content out there. Um, you know, so once people get to eating up my content and stuff like that, and, you know, I put the push I need on it, I expect the phone to, you know, be ringing off the hook. Mm. And, uh, yeah, do you, and then the, the projects are all, like, streaming and everywhere? Yeah, yeah. Apple Music, Spotify, Tidal, you know, all the, all the big boy sites, you know. Uh, you know, you got to really put up numbers. So, uh, yeah, and we're going to keep going like that way, you know, so because, you know, streaming is where it's at. They, people doing million streams, billion streams and stuff like that. So, you know, no fake streams over here, y'all, real streams, you know, organic numbers. So, And uh, where can people find you on social media? I'm on Instagram, CBDEM68, CBDEM68. Uh, I'm just Clark Blunt on Facebook, you know, um, mainly on Instagram, no, CBDEM68. Cool. Yep. Uh, but yeah, people can follow at Shuttlecock Mag on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Go to shuttlecockmag.bigcartel.com for all of our merch. We got t-shirts, photo zines, buttons. Uh, look out on the Facebook page for uh, the shows we've got hosting coming up. And visit shuttlecockmusic.com for uh, just all the articles and everything. But yeah, I appreciate you being on the show today. I'm glad I could be here, man. Thanks for, be- thanks for having me. Like I said, Shuttlecock Mag, y'all doing big things, so, you know, let's keep going. I appreciate it.